everybody. Welcome back to the Mass Holes Podcast. It's been another long break between episodes. Somebody who's being a real selfish asshole and decided to get married and go on a honeymoon in the middle of our recording schedule. So, apologize for the long break. And for never getting the guest host and doing it himself. Yeah, I'm, I was lazy. I'm not going to do that. And he also <laughs> called me the day after the wedding and we're like, oh, you want to uh, wake up out of your hungover stupor and come get this computer? I was, Absolutely fucking not. No, I don't. I want to sleep till 3 o'clock. Um... So let's get right into it. We got no time to waste here. Roby, what's the drink of the week this week? All right, the drink of the week this week is, excuse my pronunciation, but the Rodenbach Grand CRU. All right, and if I'm butchering that, like, whatever. It's a German beer, and I thought this was America. Thought we were fucking Americans, kid. It's a Belgian beer. It's a Belgian beer. Uh, let's see. In 2014 and 15, won the World Beer Awards, but it dropped to bronze last year. So, why don't you get your heads out of your asses, you fucking freaky-deaky huns? But, uh, yeah, it's good. What what did you think about the taste of it, Mick? It's interesting. It's almost like a, uh, I don't even know, like a wine almost kind of taste to it. It does have a sour taste to it. Take another sip. It's interesting. It's good. It's just, I don't know, it's hard to peg. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a sour beer. It's it's aged in like oaks. It's definitely got some sour to it. Yeah, it definitely has some uh, taste to it. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, um, well, the reason why I'm having this as the drink of the week is right now it's technically Oktoberfest. I know most Americans think, well, it's fucking September. Well, hey, listen, guy, don't be such a fucking tad, okay? Uh, Oktoberfest is not in October. Uh Right now, my sister and brother-in-law are actually at Oktoberfest. I don't know if you knew that. In Germany? Yep. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, they did They did that right before they moved back home to America. If you want to do your own Oktoberfest in America, in Boston specifically, you could go bro out at Harpoon Fest. Have you ever been there, McGrath? I never have, honestly. It's a big bro down. Every single year, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it, and then I lose track of the date, and like, I'm, I'm like fucking 40 miles away from Boston. I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't arrange that well. So what, what's the date on that? That is actually uh, Saturday, September 30th, and you're not missing much because it is a huge bro thing. What you want to do is you want to go a little bit north of Southie Kid and go up to Somerville because they have Oktoberfest at Old Magoon Saloon. And they actually have an authentic Oktoberfest. That's at 518 Medford Street in Somerville. It opens at 10 a.m. And they have the ceremonial keg tapping at 1230 p.m. They got the live German music from 1 to 4. They got actual German food. It's not just going to Harpoon Fest having a harpoon beer and a hot dog with a bunch of bros. And one thing that's cool about it, September 30th, let's put in some more plugs. It is... The album release party for our good friends, Hilly Jane and the Primates. You know them from the intro to the Mass Holes podcast, and you also know them from... Uh, Hopefully you, you know them from YouTube and uh, some of their shows over the past couple of months. Yeah, they, check them out, for real, they're the real deal. Yeah, they tour a lot during the summer for the, uh, for the festivals. Like, one song I'm very excited for is a song called Hurricane Jane off the new album. Like, they do the festivals, and the sound of this song does not sound like a band that just played Hippie Fest. It's a very hard song. It's a different sound from what you've gotten from them in the past. You know, this is their second official studio album. I think it's probably their third. But they had Gasoline, and now it's We're Here Now. And it's the album release party at 
8 p.m. on Saturday, September 30th. That's at the Middle East. That's on Mass Ave in Cambridge. And to look forward to also, they'll be opening for Dopapod in Providence on December 30th. And if you're looking for some other BR alum in immediate entertainment, uh, Cynical Rhymes making his long-awaited return to the stage this Saturday, 923, in Brockton at the Sound Lab. So is he, uh, is he like headlining it, or is it a compilation type of thing? How's, how's that going now? It's not a cipher, but uh, there's one other guy on the bill. So I don't know if he's the headliner or the opener, but it's not a cipher. It's not going to – he's done a lot of the grind mode ciphers over the past few years, but it's not one of them. Uh, so he's going to do more than like two songs then. Yeah, actually throughout the <laughs> summer, if you follow him, you should do it on Facebook. He released a song every night this summer. For like two months straight. Every you know, night? Every night he released a new song. Some of Damn. them aren't that long, but he was releasing new songs. Uh, he's back at the grind. You know, he disappeared for a little bit, doing uh, being a productive member of society. But uh, right now he is back on the grind. Being a degenerate? Being a degenerate. <laughs> now he is not contributing to society. <laughs> now he is just being a, a rapper. But no, I mean, I, I was always surprised he didn't at least get some attention, you know, because he does have the voice for it, I've always thought. Yeah. All right, that's enough plugs. Uh, well, no, it isn't. No? The guitarist of Philly Jane and the Primates, his brother is a drummer in a band out of San Diego, and they will actually be in the Northeast in November. So look ahead to that, and uh, before we look into the here and now for football... Would you guys like to know the name of that band, or we'll oh, leave yeah. you hanging for another week? Yeah, we'll leave you hanging for a little bit. It's uh, I can't pronounce it. It's uh, the best... D-U-B-B-E-S-T. Look for them if you're on the border. If you want to take a break on the southern border of uh, shooting Mexicans, you can uh, check them out. They're going everywhere from San Diego, across Texas to Florida, and all the way up the East Coast until they get here in November. So I'll be excited to, to see them in Plymouth and Rhode Island. Ooh. That'll be nice. Late October, Anthony Joshua. Big fight. Big fight. I know you're not a big boxing guy. Not particularly. Nah, I think everyone got too hyped up on the Conor McGregor and the Floyd Mayweather, but that one ended up being a better fight than I thought it was going to be. Definitely. It's kind of old news, but uh, this kid, Anthony Joshua, look ahead to him. Well, Hopefully, we can talk about it when the fight gets closer, but kid's 19-0 with 19 knockouts. You've been waiting for that exciting heavyweight, and he's here. Uh, he ended Vladimir Klitschko's career, and the guy he's fighting is the only... His only loss was to Vladimir Klitschko's uh, Kubrat Pulev. So, we'll see what happens there. But whatever, enough of uh, me ranting, because no one likes my part of the show anyways. So, <laughs> Mick, what do you got for us? Well, obviously the big thing going on right now in the Mass Souls universe, and it'll be the same thing for the next, like, four months. Yes. NFL, baby. Oh, man. NFL's back. It uh, got off to a bit of a rough start for us Mass Souls with an absolute beatdown on Thursday night the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs, but... I don't know, at this point, who, who really gives a shit the first couple of weeks of the season for any team? You know, you don't know how it goes. Yeah, you know that they're taking the AFC East. Who, like, who cares, really, you know? But um, got back on track this past Sunday against the Saints. That was a good performance, I thought, all around. Our defense looked a lot better than I thought they were going to. Yes, the defense was a good highlight. The offense, I'm still waiting for them to... They played a good defense with Kansas City. And then that same week, Sam Bradford looked like Tom Brady against the Saints. So yep. I figured Tom Brady would look like Tom Brady against the Saints. Well, we're going to get a chance next week. We got uh, Houston Texans. Yes. Uh, and they're looking pretty legit so far this year as well. Defensively. 
Defensively, yeah, they look like trash against Jacksonville, who does look... I, I guess they came back to earth last week, but week one, those 10 sacks against Houston, do you, they, they're a contender in that division. Yeah, I mean, that's not that difficult, but they are, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Hey, you only need a ticket to the dance. And I think, you know, the Deshaun Watson you see right now isn't going to be the Deshaun Watson that potentially is going to be rolling into the playoffs. He's going to be a much, much better player at that point. You know, if he can stay healthy and just continue his development. From all, all the words about him over the years, is he's an extremely hardworking dude, very coachable. So I think he'll... Uh, he got thrown right into the fire and he looked good. Yeah. yeah, he looked all right. You know, he looked all right. He looked about as good as you could expect in that situation. Touche, yeah. He didn't look... Uh... He didn't look like he busted onto the scene like we've seen other rookie quarterbacks thrown right into it. His run was impressive in the second quarter of that Thursday night game against yeah. the Bengals. But, yeah, I guess so. Outside of that, it, it seems like he is doing the rookie thing and relying on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's checking down a lot to Lamar Miller. So Yep. But, oh. hey, keep it rolling. They're, uh, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Got a rookie quarterback at the helm there. It's going to be a challenge. they got a great defense. Yeah, and I don't want to go off on a tangent about teams that are not the Pats, but what's up with Andrew Luck? Is he? Do you think by the time he's even ready to come back, they're just going to be shutting that squad down? That's that's yeah. I don't need. I don't even know if you'll see him this year. I got him stashed on one of my fantasy teams, and uh, it's getting to the point where like I don't. You just don't hear anything about it. Like there's never like an update or anything. There's no buzz. And I don't know if that's just because Indy is fucking nobody gives a shit about Indy. You know, especially if Andrew Luck's not playing, but. Yeah, they, they get what they deserve after Deflategate, you know? But any team that lets the Rams put 46 up on you in week one, right now you're starting the Patriots' third-string quarterback in camp. And, uh, you know, he, he was looked like he was going to win one against Arizona last week, but uh, they ended up blowing that one to a what looks like another year of a mediocre Cardinals squad. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll get to it in a bit, but uh, extremely disappointing squad out there. And, you know, I don't really know at this point if they are. Like, should we just temper our expectations with the Cardinals? Because they were, like, good for one fucking year. Everyone fell in love with Bruce Arians. Yeah. Scaly caps are for fucking queers, okay? And everyone... <laughs> and everyone fell in love with them just because he... I don't Everyone fell in love with It's because of the deep ball. They threw with the deep ball. You know, everybody loves Larry Fitzgerald. He's probably one of the most liked person, people in the NFL. You know, he's been doing it for so long. Love Larry Fitz. Yeah, he's just, I don't know, he's just a classy dude. He fucking scores touchdown. He fucking the Fitzy ball right kid. to the ref. He's fucking got the best hands in the NFL. Went on that tear when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where he was the most dominant player, most dominant non-quarterback in the league during that playoffs. I mean, his performance was fucking ridiculous. He just comes off as a humble guy, too. Yeah. And in a league where since I've been a conscious adult and I grew up on the T.O.'s and the Randall uh, – Grew up on the Joe's and the Randy Moss and yeah, Ocho, Joe Horn. Ocho Cinco. Yeah, to see a guy like Larry Fitzgerald do it just with his play doing the talking, it's a shame that their defense blew it in that Super Bowl against Pittsburgh because he made that huge play to put them ahead. If you remember that, like, was it a skinny post or something? But he yeah. took it right up the middle for that touchdown. That ran everybody. A lot of times you get into the Hall of Fame just based on a couple postseasons. And if they won that Super Bowl, he'd be you know, talked about like how Aaron Rodgers is talked about because he's a overrated quarterback in my mind. I've been saying it for years. And if they didn't have that one Super Bowl a few years ago and he wasn't a part of that Brett Favre saga, would people even be looking at him like uh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and greatest quarterback of all time as they talk about him? 
Yeah, I don't know. He's a very entertaining player. He's fun to watch. He's the and one of fucking football. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. I'd have to think about that for a little bit. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers guy. At the same time, I do respect him. He's, I mean, he's been a good player for a while at this point. I think he has, what, two MVPs? One Super Bowl MVP. I think he's overrated, man. I mean, did you see that play to open up Sunday Night Football against... Did you see the play that opened up the second half of Sunday Night Football against the Falcons? I saw it, but I was pretty fucking wasted at that point. But it was good because I was pretty wasted at that point as well. And after that, the game was fucking over, so I could shut it off and go to bed and get ready for work. You know, because uh, if, if that was supposed to be the game it was billed as, I would have been staying up for the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I hate primetime games, man. Fuck, I'm just too old for this shit. I can't be staying up till midnight fucking twice a week, three times a week with Thursday night games. It's like... Yesterday I was working, and uh, it's already week two, and Monday Night Football has been around forever, and I looked at my fantasy team, and it says yet to play one. And I'm like, I thought football was over this week. And then, oh, no, wait, Monday Night Football. And when it used to just be Sunday and Monday, it was like, okay. But now that it's Thursday, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is spread out over four fucking days. Yeah, Thursday night's terrible. And I'm, I'm trying to get back into college football. I, I honestly, <laughs> at this point, I find it more entertaining than the NFL. You got to get back into college. Yeah. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, my girl went to a big school, so she's got her team that she roots for. And they're, you know, nationally televised every week. So it's kind of, you know, I got a team to root for. And her roommate went to a, a rival big school, so we can root against her, which is fun. You know what I mean? What like, school? I'm not putting people on blast out here. What's the rival school of Michigan State? Well, one of them, a Big Ten school. She went to Purdue. Purdue. Okay, you're not even telling me the girl's fucking name. It's not a yeah. big deal to put out the school's name. I guess. All right. People can look her up and on the, Facebook now. Yeah, well, no one is fucking listening to our podcast anyways. We've got full <laughs> listens the last one, so I, I wouldn't be too fucking worried about that one. Thanks, but, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the support, guys. No, you got to get back into college, man. Uh, yeah. UCLA got... I've been trying. We're not going there yet. We'll talk about college football. So back to the Patriots from uh, <laughs> six minutes ago. Who's this uh, kid that... Played pretty great as the pass rush against the Saints. Because I've heard Wise Jr. And where's he? What's his deal? I man? have no fucking idea. Now no, I think knows. he was he was an Arkansas kid. I think. Um, probably should have done some research before we started talking about. Pretty sure he was an Arkansas kid. Um, you know, he looked great. He had some serious. I hate the term flash plays, but like he really did like kind of stick out on TV a couple times. I think he had um, what one sack and four QB hits, which is. A good performance, especially for a rookie. I mean, he looked really good, and he, that's what we need. I mean, our depth at fucking the end is horrible. Hopefully, he can step it up and be consistent. And I don't know. One of our buddies floated a a theory that Ninkovich is going to come back halfway through the year. We're just going to, you know, keep the fucking tread on his tires. And what was up with uh, what was up with Ninkovich too? Did you see that he was in the in the owner's box? Yeah, he was. Which he was with the Saints owner? I, I don't know because I saw him. Rocking the uh, the Saint shit. Well, he's from he's from New Orleans, so I don't know like what what the fucking deal is with that. But I don't know. We'll see. Our defense. Um, Hold on. Whoa, whoa. This, this kid Wise had a sack against the Chiefs too. Did he? I didn't even realize. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, but he did play at Arkansas. You know, I mean, he, he has those Bill Belichick attributes. You know, he's six five. He's big. Yeah, Belichick's always been able to plug those guys in, and and that's what's great too. Is uh. Just because you get paid in the NFL, that doesn't guarantee your playing time. I mean, look at Albert Hainsworth with mm-hmm. Washington. Uh, you can go. There's a billion examples we can bring up 
And uh, that's why it's great seeing the Patriots always focus on that bottom third of the roster because even though that they are paying these these they're not even really paying these big name guys. Maybe Gilmore, who has blown the season, they focus on that bottom third, and it's great to see a kid like this. Was he even uh, he was undrafted? Nah, I think I thought we got him in like third or something. It says that he was a draft steal for the Patriots. Uh, I'm sure I can find this within two seconds. But yeah, I mean, uh, fourth or fifth round, we did a draft special, but uh, if somebody, uh, you know, our faithful listeners will remember, like I hate Stephon Gilmore, like I do not like him at all. He's so fucking inconsistent, and he's always had a knock on him that he's a freelancer, which drives me absolutely up the fucking wall. But um, and you saw week one when he got fucking burned on that that long one to Tyreek Hill. So I'm glad that one of my boys with football knowledge is sitting across from me because. I was uh, in a huge debate the night of that play, and I literally, I got Comcast. No, I don't want to plug Comcast. They suck, but I can pause and play. You got Spectrum Wireless? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't fucking get me going there. You know the fucking IBEW just fucking protesting in fucking New York yesterday for them? You want to really bring up union fucking politics, kid? You want me to bring no. up those fucking rats over there? Nope. Anyways, I was watching the game that day. Breaking it down, and I'm literally shocked, because first my buddies are like, oh, they were in fucking cover three. And I'm like, well, if they're in cover three, he doesn't have the flat. He has the zone, and you can see Hightower dropping back into the flat. And then uh, when they still blow it, they're like, oh, well, they're in quarters. If they're in quarters, he still has fucking deep coverage. Yeah, you don't let anybody get behind him in quarters. He did, I mean, he blew his fucking coverage on that play. And then oh, well, he was in cover two. Yeah, it looks like they're in cover two, because he didn't go fucking deep in a cover... Cover three, me. Yep. He, he blew that coverage on Sunday, and they, they did that bunch formation to the right. And one of the basic tenets when you're playing in the secondary against a bunch formation is you don't line up on the same level as another cornerback. So basically, you're you're setting yourself up for a pick play where you're gonna run into your own man when those guys come out of the bunch and cross. You know what I'm saying? Was that on the on the touchdown? On the deep ball, yeah. Uh, I can't remember if it was touch. No, okay, it was that no, deep one. I, I was. It was the goal line touchdown that Butler looked like he got burnt on, yeah. but it was the same situation. We got too bunched up. But yeah, you don't you don't stand on the same level. So if, if you're, your guy's on the five in the slot there, you don't aren't also on the five a yard next to him because they're just going to run you right into each other. And that's exactly what he did, and that's such fucking day one shit in the NFL. And it's he's, what, like a five-year veteran? Like, I don't know. He drives me absolutely up a wall. But um, I thought Kyle Van Noy looked really good Sunday. He's he, he looked good last year, too, you know? I didn't really see... I saw Marsh a lot on tape week one because he was getting burnt all over the place. Yeah. Was he even out there week he, two? Oh, uh, yeah. He got some snaps, but he was a complete non-factor. I mean, I think he had one hurry, I remember seeing. I can't quite remember. He, he's... I don't know. He's just another guy, man. You know? If y'all listening to this outside of the Northeast... Everyone is a Patriots apologist. Like, the Patriots cannot do anything wrong. And when I was listening to sports radio after that uh, Chiefs loss, people were apologizing for Marsh, saying he's a good player because even though we got burnt on that touchdown, what running back is he fucking Kareem covering? Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Because he's covering him. As he's being burnt, he dives to try to tackle him at the end of the run. Like, I didn't hear any He's that. eating... He's eating his dust, but it just shows you how much people are Patriots apologists that... I don't uh, listen to sports radio, man. It's fucking toxic. Just my podcast. That's it. That's it. It's the only sports radio you need. Once every three months, tune in. We'll update you on shit that happened three months ago. And then uh, you can go along in your day. 
Oh, yeah, spoiler alert, coming up in probably about, like, six hours, because <laughs> we're really dragging this one out so far. Uh, we're going to be talking some Kyrie Irving. That might be but, part two. <laughs> we'll yeah, see this, how this there's goes. definitely going to be a part two to this. We'll so, this welcome to part one of the Mad Souls podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I thought the Pats looked fine. I thought they looked fine. At the same time, I think the Saints are going to be absolutely fucking terrible this year. And did you see that stat where they haven't won a game in September in four fucking years? Really? <laughs> yeah. They fucking go over in September four years in a row. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more on that in a minute. So uh, we don't have a producer here, as we remind everyone. Weiss was drafted fourth round pick 25. Yeah, it just took me that long to fucking, but you know. Yeah, that was. Uh... I'm doing things, kid. All right. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, I'm trying to plug stuff. Okay. Right. okay. I'm unwrapping my name. So yeah, big Pats game, one o'clock at home against the Texans this Sunday. Should be a good game. Not really. How do you think... Uh, hopefully. We just whipped our asses. Yeah. I mean, Bill O'Brien gets banked every... Even last year in the playoffs, they really... Sh- if, if they weren't miserable at the quarterback position with Brock Osweiler, they would have won that game. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, as much as I like uh, Deshaun Watson, he hasn't looked that accurate so far this year either, so... I'm not, yeah, I'm not putting that much uh, I stock think we're into okay. Him, well, what's the end of the, the uh, spread come out this week? Did that come out yet? I'll let you know in about five minutes. Yeah, we got to be like, uh, I'm going to go 12 and a half points. You're thinking 12 and a half points? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to bring up my pick em pool. So let's see. Oh, I won my pick. No, I didn't win my pick em pool. I've never won it. Never won it. I've right. never even won a week. No, I won one week last year. So I, I do one with... Uh, Big utility company around Massachusetts. I won't disclose which one. There's over 150 guys in this pool. I have big issues with the weekly payout schedule because it pays like top 10 fucking guys. I came in third place for the season last year. I didn't even get my money back. That's pretty annoying. That's so fucking annoying, bro. All right. So Uh, while you're looking that up, let's talk some Survivor League, kid. Hold on. Okay. You said 12 and a half? Yeah. It opened up at 13 and a half. 13 and a half. 13 and a half. And uh, the first thing that pops up is this uh, this week's Thursday night football game. You want to talk about Thursday night football blowing? Do you know what the game is? I think it's what, Rams 49ers or something? Yeah. It's yeah, fucking pathetic. Um, come on. I mean, who cares about that game? Dude, this say- has been, these last two weeks I've been on a little bit of work hiatus, let's put it that way. I still have a job. Don't worry, assholes. Um, so I've actually been able to watch the Thursday night games for like the first time in fucking two years. And I feel sorry And for they've you, been man. horrible. That is the worst fucking product. Like, who watches that shit? I watched the first half, and then I turned my TV off, and I was just cruising on fucking YouTube, like, watching freestyle battles and shit. It's like, yeah. it's terrible fucking TV. It seems like they only, they know that the Rams and the 49ers suck. I feel like they only put this game there because they're trying to get... Uh, some hype around L.A. No team's ever succeeding in L.A., so for some reason they've put two teams in L.A. Did you know if you took... Last week, did both L.A. teams have a home game? If you combined both their crowds, it was still less than USC's crowd. Dude, that was my fucking stat. You were taking a very long time to get there. I take a long time to get everywhere. That's why the ladies love me. All right, so, um, I don't know. 13 and a half is a lot. I think we'll probably cover that, though. McGee's saying Patriots cover. Um, Survivor pool this week, if you're doing that, I think you got to go Green Bay at home against Cincinnati. Cincinnati hasn't even fucking scored a touchdown in, in two games. 
Um, Minus eight and a half spread. Oh, and I, I know. I don't do spreads. It's not against the spread, but a lot of times you still you go have, by that. You go by the biggest spread. I know you, well, not even that, but say that that spread was like four. You'd be like, hey, that's a spooky spread. Why is it only four? And the reason why is because Vegas knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So a lot of times when you guys are looking at that stuff, or if you do see a game where you're like, oh my god, the spread's only that, I'm gonna lay down heavy money on it. Vegas knows what they're doing. So just giving you guys some uh, caution with your gambling this year on the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I th- so I think the obvious one is Green Bay at home against Cincinnati if you're doing Survivor. Even with how they looked last week and how desperate Cincinnati is right now? I don't give a fuck. They're not going into Lambeau and taking that game. I can't see it. Mm. Is Jordy Nelson going to suit up? Um, I'm not sure. I don't really care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean... I'm saying Aaron Rodgers is overrated, but he is still a very good quarterback, and it doesn't matter if you take away one of his weapons. Even though last year without Jordy Nelson, they were an anemic offense, but, you know. Yeah, for spurts. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I just took a look at this for the first time now, so. Oh, well, the London Jaguars this weekend, too, but I like Baltimore. I don't bet I don't bet on those games. I don't get anywhere. The London games? The London games. Nope. Yeah. Two, that's just too much of an outlier for the rest of the season. Chicago still dressing like women. Uh, for the time being, yeah. Chicago's home, but Pittsburgh isn't a bad uh, pick I don't do, Chicago. I don't do Roethlisberger on the road, ever. Okay. That's that's another one of my gambling tenants. One that is uh, one game that's intriguing will be Philly and New York Giants. Yeah. Um, we'll see, because the Giants look absolutely fucking terrible. They look terrible, and Carson Wentz does look like the truth. He looks awesome. Last year, I know you were high on him. We didn't have a podcast last year, but, I mean, just, just the way that kid uh, has magic in the pocket. But He's so much fucking bigger than he, like, I don't know, than I thought he was, I guess. I thought he was kind of, like, real thin dude. Like, he's got some some build to him, and he's athletic. Yeah, he kind of looks like a goofy fuck. He's pretty athletic. They yeah. ran, they ran like a multiple, you know, read option type of system. Did you see his touchdown to Nelson Aguilar in Week One? Uh, yeah, when he was scrambling around for a while. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all that you got to know about his athleticism, right there. Yeah, man. he's very athletic. I think he's gonna be a hell of a player. <laughs> oh, talk about a great matchup this week. How about uh, Cleveland and Indy? Jesus Christ! Oh, I actually read this morning. This is the first game. Cleveland's been favored in since 2015. That was the last time they were favored. Only by a half a point. <laughs> yeah. Got still. opened up at a half a point. Um, is Kaiser? I don't know what's, what the deal with Kaiser's and migraines and shit is. I guess that's probably just like a one-day type of thing. Hopefully he doesn't flare up again. That kid Hogan is uh, a good backup. Man. Yeah, he is. He makes shit happen. I felt like last year they should have won with him. He's an athletic dude. I think they didn't want to win games last year, quite frankly. Yeah, um, I think they're in the they're in the school of tanking right now. How's your uh, How's your boy uh, Miles Garrett looking so far? He's out. He's out already. Yeah, he had an ankle injury um, in training camp. Really? So he hasn't even suited up yet? No, I don't think so. Oh, did McGrath nail that one on the head or what? I don't like Miles. Yeah, for those <laughs> who don't remember, uh, McGrath was saying the kid had no fucking hat. He has no heart. No heart whatsoever, so that's... Uh, this is a teensy little glass. Oh, uh, I can't fit this whole thing. Now. You said you weren't drinking much. Look at this head, though. That's nice. That's a nice-looking pour right there for yeah. all our audio listeners. <laughs> I, I don't think... That glass is not a full pint. Uh, the reason why I gave you that glass is because... Roby actually doubled up on his trunk of the week. 
What? And I have another German style beer. <laughs> this is the uh, KWAK Quack. Uh-huh. Quack. I think it's called Quack. But uh, this brewery was established in 1791. Maybe I'll take a picture and put this bottle up on. Not a bad idea. Maybe these ones too. Dude, why haven't we doing? I should have been doing this from the get go. Yeah, we're not very smart. No, this bottle is incredibly sexy looking. This is a really good beer, man. What, the Rodenbach? Yeah, that is really good. It's fucking, I might just grab a four-pack. What's the ABV on these bad boys? I gotta drive. Yeah, you're not looking too good there, Mick. Never am. I'm not aging well. Okay, so... All right, back to the NFL, yeah. While uh, Jeff takes pictures in the middle of an audio broadcast, that could easily be done after this. But uh, what do you think of AFC West this year? Hold on. Don't tell me what to do. AFC West. Dude, the Broncos made Dallas look fucking stupid. And uh, I've always been a big believer in... No, I haven't been a big fucking believer in Dallas. I've been sitting here for the past couple of years being surprised by Dallas every fucking time. They burnt me and pick them every fucking time last year. The I pick them this year and they get smoked by Denver. And I know they have a great D. They're really high on those safeties. That's why they allowed T.J. Ward uh, to get cut. Yeah. I know T.J. Ward's also been trying to uh, find Natalie Holloway's remains, so I can understand him being cut. What's up with Trevor Simeon, too? Looks fucking good. I can't believe what they did to Dallas last week. That's all I can say. I couldn't believe, you know, they just looked like an extremely balanced team. Their run defense was good. Everybody knows about their pass defense. Their run game was good. C.J. Anderson went off for like, I think like 118 or something like that. Plus added another 50 over the air. Their passing game looked strong. I think he had seen at what, four touchdowns and one interception? Something like that? Yeah, he played like, very well. They looked like a really, really balanced squad. And listen, if they can, they're not going to because that division is just too tough. But you know how it goes with fucking home playoff games in Denver that time of year, man. Oh, anything can happen beat. in Denver. They're tough to beat, you know? You know how I feel about the Raiders. Everyone laughed at me when I took Michael Crabtree in fantasy. Uh, I did still lose my matchup because, you know, I lost my matchup. What do you want me to do? It's fucking fantasy football. Blow me. You're a fucking child if you care that much about it. You know, he looks fucking great. The, the guy... Did he just have a good matchup on Sunday, or is Michael Crabtree a very underrated wide receiver because he had to get matched up against Richard Sherman for so many years? He's really underrated. He's a good player. I mean, last year last year he had over 1,000 yards. He's better than Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is just, he's the hyped guy on that squad. Did you see, uh, was it week one, his touchdown catch? Yeah, when he beast motor that dude in the end zone, that was sick. Yeah. No, I like Amari Cooper. The whole team. He just doesn't score touchdowns. I mean... He's just not like a red zone threat, but maybe he is now. He's young. I mean, he's fucking, people forget he's young. Yeah, but and Michael Crabtree is that veteran on the squad. How about the return of fucking Marshawn Lynch, huh? He's looking pretty damn good. I'm very glad to see him back in the league. I'm not. <clears throat> Why? I just don't care. I'm not like on the Marshawn fucking bandwagon like everybody else is. Whatever. Oh, but come on, man. Why do we have this podcast? Uh, I don't know. Because we fucking. Because we have a Boyd in our lives? That's true, yeah, yeah. But most of the reason why we do this podcast is because the common man should have a voice, and the media is a bunch of fucking twats, and I love Marshawn Lynch because he treats the media like a bunch of twats, and 
I've always been a Raiders have always been uh, a favorite of mine since I was a child, and uh, the Rich Gannon years were amazing. So now that I have him as the running back for the Raiders, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, so the Raiders look good. And uh, a team that beat our beloved Patriots, and I like the Chargers. Well, no, I don't like the Chargers. They're fucking cunts. I've always hated them since the Ladaining Tomlinson years. I've always had respect for Philip Rivers for playing on a torn ACL when LT wouldn't even suit up with what he had, like a period. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to drop to 0-3 because I think the, the Chiefs might win the AFC this year. Not go to the Super Bowl, but they're going to do the Andy Reid thing. They're going to... Sure. Losing the AFC Championship game. We'll but, see. Uh, that division's real tough. They got a they got a ways to go. Division's tough, man. But I mean, I like Kansas City too, though. Same thing. They're just like a balanced squad this year, especially if Alex Smith is airing it out. Who knows? This might just be a small sample size, but yeah, and he looks like a completely different player. They had a nice game against Philly last week. Uh, Philly's tough. Philly's tough, and especially after losing Eric Berry, I've always been a big advocate on the gambling world that if you're going to bet on some bet against a team that just lost a defensive leader. I've always been a big advocate of that philosophy. And I would have put some money down on Philly. I don't know if Kansas City covered the spread or not, but I don't know. Now I'm interrupting the podcast with pictures. <laughs> yeah, but at least mine was about biz. You're just taking pictures of your dick and sending them to every broad on the fucking Twitter account. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's going to be a good division. All right, let's talk about, hold on. I don't want to walk away from this hmm. yet. Talking about this week's matchups, battle of two teams that have looked good, especially with uh, fat face Matthew Stafford, but Atlanta absolutely house green Bay last week and Detroit is putting it together and Detroit is home. They're facing off both two and O teams. Uh, might take the over in that game, but Matthew Stafford has always sucked against, uh, good teams. I think he doesn't even have – I think he only has 10 career wins against teams over 500. Yeah, it's something pathetic. It's an astronaut. And Given that that team has been terrible a lot of the time that he was there. He should be celebrating in Detroit because they were absolutely miserable. And I remember one of his first games, he came in, he, like, broke his collarbone. Yeah, he's another guy back that plays hurt. He's a top dude. And, and he doesn't look like it. He's so underrated because he just looks like that. He looks like dude. a lacrosse bro. Yeah, but Atlanta – even though that they collapse in the Super Bowl, they do have a great defense. But who's the guy that they that just got hurt and is out for a few weeks now? On Atlanta? Yeah, the linebacker. Mm, I don't know. I must have missed that. Oh, uh, their, their pass rusher, Vic Beasley. Okay, yeah. So Vic Beasley, who was a, a big contributor on that defense last year, almost intercepted Brady in the end zone at the goal line Yep. in the, in the overtime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a big loss for them. Yeah, that's a big loss for them. So let's see, but uh, their secondary is still just like that Seattle Seahawks secondary. You know, it's still a product of Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn's a very underrated coach. And that's the thing, ever since uh, he left Seattle, they're not looking as great as they – should be, and it might be because they've drafted a bunch of running backs over our offensive linemen. You know, I know you mentioned a few things about their offensive line, and they looked absolutely pathetic against the 49ers last week. I don't think the 49ers are an up-and-coming team. I think Seattle might be a team on the decline. Arizona's, I mean, uh, Seattle. San Francisco. Let's try that again. San Francisco's front four is up-and-coming. They put three first-round picks in a row into their front, their, their line. And so that matchup for Seattle is, is terrible. 
when they allocate zero resources to their offensive line and you're going against a bunch of blue chip guys the entire game. I mean, they yeah. they got their asses beat. Who was it? Max Unger that they traded for Jimmy Graham. Uh, yes. Uh, I feel like ever since that trade and then Marshawn Lynch wasn't there to really make them look better than they were. I feel like there's been a, a huge decline in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, did you see that stat? It's like when Marshawn came back, so he missed a year, obviously, and he missed most of 2015 with injury. And yeah. he still had like, I forget what it was, like 40 more broken tackles than the next highest guy. And he missed all that time. Like he, he made them look good, you know, like, and that line's been fucking horrible since Unger left. They just, they just got old all of a sudden. And, uh, What's his face got hurt? They let their left tackle. Uh, Okung started having some injuries. Um, they let fucking Giancami go in free agency. They let a couple other guys leave, and they just fucking got. They just never replaced them, and they never even bothered. Really, I don't know. That's that's speaking of all these other teams that have balance. That team has none at all. They could drop to one and two because they are going up against an up and coming Tennessee team that is playing at home. Yep. A guy who might be on the decline himself is DeMarco Murray. It seems like Derrick Henry's been taking some of his snaps. Well, he got hurt last week. He did? He banged. I think he twisted his ankle or something like that. So DeMarco, like, finished. I mean, um, Henry finished the game. So that's oh, good. okay. So they just sidelined him? Yeah. yeah. No, they already said today he's still a starting running back. He's still a number one guy. But you are going to see Henry starting to take a lot of those snaps. And, uh, I mean, they should. I mean, he, he isn't their fucking... He doesn't have a fantasy team with these guys on it. He needs to balance that out. you got two good running backs, fucking keep them healthy. I, I care about DeMarco because I did take him in fantasy. No, I'm with you. And Derrick Henry was absolutely amazing at Alabama. If you can have two guys that have a similar style of running, which is bruising the shit out of the fucking defensive front, why wouldn't you just pound them yeah, and, pound them and pound them and them and let them just both stay fresh? There's no reason that, but... I do a podcast and don't coach an NFL team because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Within our division, our division as in the Patriots division because we are on the team, Miami and the Jets, uh, I don't really give a fuck about that. So let's just skip over it. Uh, it would be nice for the Jets to win one and drop Miami to one and one and then at one and two. Oakland and Washington, battle of up and coming quarterbacks. I guess. I don't know. Nah, not into that one. Not really. I don't know. Washington, they're the same thing. Their fronts, their offensive line looks fucking terrible. Yeah, but sometimes Kirk Cousins can just light it up. Yeah, Kirk's a fucking gunslinger, but, I mean, he's going to have a rough year this year, I think. They're breaking in a bunch of, not necessarily receivers because they were on their teams, but expanded roles. And then you add in Terrell Pryor, who hasn't looked good. Um, I don't know. That team's going to go through some growing pains. And their running back situation isn't great. I know that guy Perrine, or however the hell you pronounce his name, he looked all right when he came in after uh, Kelly got hurt. And Kelly was running fine, too, before he got hurt. But that's the one-game stable size. I think in the big scene of things, they're not good. And um, I don't know. Well, a team that's, that is 2-0 and but doesn't look that good because they won 9-3 is uh, Carolina Panthers. And they just lost Greg Olson uh, to a broken foot. I don't know how long he'll they put him on IR, so eight weeks at a minimum. They're at home, and they're hosting New Orleans. Maybe they can get back on track. That's not really a divisional rivalry. I think they'll probably win that game. Carolina? Yeah, I mean, Carolina's D is still there. You know, That's the strength of that squad. And if they, uh, if they do win in New Orleans, drops to 0-3, along with 
your survivor pick of the week, Green Bay versus Cincinnati, then that would drop Cincinnati to 0-3. Do you think it's time to put Sean Payton and Marvin Lewis, two established coaches in this league, on the hot seat? Oh, we get into the hot seat part of the podcast. Yeah, I think um, I think that's definitely a possibility. I thought that was a good transition. Um, yeah, so you're looking at – so the case, I guess, against Sean Payton is – Listen, they haven't won in September in four fucking years if they lose this week. This is also potentially their fourth straight losing season. They went 7-9 last year. You know, so they haven't had a plus 500 fucking season in the last three seasons. Maybe this one, too. They look terrible. And then Breeze is in the last year of his contract. So do do the Loomis, you know, the owner down there, does he just say, fuck it, blow it up? You know, Breeze is however old, 39 years old. Yeah. I mean, what do you give him for a goddamn... Exactly. I, so that's how I think they're just going to blow it up, honestly. And, and so the case for Peyton is what they they won a Super Bowl, like however fucking long ago that was. Yeah. Like, Super Bowl winning coaches have been fired before. Happens all the fucking time, you know? I just don't think he's, like, kept up with the NFL as far... Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think everybody else caught up with him. As far as just having an elite quarterback spreading it out, fucking just slinging that shit. Now everybody does that. Yeah. Because even uh, as much as the Patriots spread it out, I feel like as everyone else is caught up to that, they've at least reverted back to uh, two tight end, two tight end systems. Uh, yeah, we're we're all about like versatility right now in our offense and our defense for the most part. But it's like you saw last week, we were playing um, Devlin at tight end, and that was allowing us to shuffle in and out of all these different formations, but keeping the same personnel on the field. And that was fucking huge for us. At one point, we had Devlin fucking split out in that, uh, I figure what they call it, the wide, you know, he was beyond the fucking numbers over on the sideline. Yeah, he was on the perimeter. Yeah, he was way out there. And that's what I love about it, too, because as a defensive coordinator, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, shit, here we go. We got to send in our heavy. Yeah. So um, if I had to guess, I'd say Sean Payton probably gets fired this year. Um, I would also guess that Marvin Lewis does. I don't know how Marvin Lewis has held his goddamn job for so long. It always seems like they just have all these scumbags on the squad that I, I don't understand how Marvin Lewis has a job. He's never impressed me. His team always crumbles. Uh, was it last year or the year before against Pittsburgh in the goddamn Yeah, they had a meltdown and had a bunch of penalties and shit. Absolute meltdown. You know, to the fact that even the coaches are out on the field having a meltdown, let alone the players. It's like, how do you allow that kind of shit in your organization. Yeah, so they haven't scored a touchdown the first two weeks of the season. He just fired their offensive coordinator. A classic misdirection. Yeah. You know, being like, oh, it must have been him. That's the reason we suck. It's not because I just let our two best offensive linemen leave in free agency and fucking drafted a speed receiver when we have so many other fucking holes in our roster. And they're they're getting really old, too. You got fucking Pac-Man is still playing a major part for them. Oh, my God. Geno Atkins, I think, is in his eighth season. He's yeah, been up there. Gino He's still Atkins gone. He's still gone. Good. Yeah. But they haven't they haven't allocated any of those resources. Like, uh, Pecco got old. They let him go. But they didn't replace him with anyone. You know, like, they just, I don't know. And then they let Whitworth, who's one of my favorite players, their left tackle. They let him go. He went to the Rams. They let uh, that guy Zettler he signed with the Browns for the biggest contract ever for a guard. I mean, there's a reason he was getting that kind of money. And then you're looking at them this year, and they're getting the shit beat out of them. It's like... To the point that their biggest play all year has been Andy Dalton hucking it up into triple coverage. Just a prayer to AJ. Like, AJ, please, just 
be that all world booth player. Yeah, so the, I mean the case obviously against him is they fucking suck this year. They have zero discipline on that team, and he's 0-7 in the playoffs in his career. What is the case for Marvin Lewis? You can't make one. No, I wish we had a cricket sound. Like they've been they've been like mediocre to good the entire time he's been there for the most part. Like shoot for the fucking stars, dude. Like what I don't understand what they're doing over there. Uh, yeah, and I don't if they I see them dropping this game to Green Bay. I think that's a that is a no brainer. I agree with your survivor pick them there. Do you realistically see this team doing better than eight and eight? No. If they if they drop the O and three, they're fucked. Not a chance in hell. No, nah, they're terrible, man. I could possibly see Miami end end up with a better record than Cincinnati. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I understand that's easy to say, but Miami isn't a good team. Yeah, they're all right. All right, so I got another coach for you on my hot seat. Ben McAdoo of the Giants. Oh, first off, I've never been a big McAdoo fan because I wouldn't let him within 100 yards of the school zone. Yeah, he's definitely a creepy-looking fuck. Such a creepy-looking guy. What's he trying to do this year? Okay. Slip back. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to base my football knowledge off of how this guy looks, but he was like, I know. I'll just grow out a goatee and slick my hair back rather than go with the bowl cut and the mustache. Benny with the new hair. But no, he fucking... So, Ben McAdoo is like hailed as this fucking offensive fucking genius or whatever. He came as their offensive coordinator, got promoted after they fired Tom Coughlin. He runs 11 personnel on offense, like 96% of the time. They have no variety to their play call, and they're so fucking predictable. You want to hear a stat I, they put on last night? Last night made it eight straight games for them scoring under 20 points. Isn't that incredible? You, yeah, and he's supposed to be an offensive guru. He's supposed guru. to be an offensive fucking guru, and they haven't scored over 20 points in eight straight fucking games. Like, give me a break, man. I don't know. I think I think he's definitely in the hot seat. If they miss the playoffs with that defense, and plus you're going to have OBJ fucking doing his shit, he's going to become a fucking diva at the end of the year. Oh, my sucks. God, yeah. yeah. And like I think management, you're going to side with him. He's a superstar over fucking shitty-ass Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo's going to fire this year. Mark that in your books. Yeah, I would be so scared to be an NFL coach with uh, guys like Odell Beckham. Just reverting back to talking about how much I love Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he's been on some teams that just started eating shit, and then he signs a goddamn contract extension with the team rather than bitching and requesting a trade and punching fucking kicking nets yeah, and then proposing to him the next week like it's cute. He's like a clown. Oh, my God. Odell Beckham, he's a weirdo. He's a closet queer as far as I'm concerned. Oh, 100%, man. We're uh, been saying this for a while. He loves his mama. Yeah, that like, shit was creepy. Did you see that fucking, like, w- little documentary they did on ESPN? That shit, yeah. he has a creepy relationship with his mother. The Cowboys beat the Giants 19-3. to We're getting up there. It's a two-part episode, man. The Cowboys beat the Giants 19-3. to And Eli Manning, I hate the guy. I used to always be like, well, you have to respect him. I'm kind of just starting to realize that fluky things happen in sports, and that's why... He has a two Super Bowl He, he got hot for two four-week stretches. The defense got them to the championship in their running game. They always had a good running game at that yeah. point. A really, really good. And a great line. coach. And a good. And Tom Coughlin's a good coach. You know, Great so, coach. So he got hot for two four-game stretches in one Super Bowls. And besides that, the rest of his career, he's been the most mediocre quarterback in the league. Like he's yeah. the definition of mediocre. And he's the definition of uh, 
the NFL thriving on nepotism. Yeah. You know, I mean... I mean, the one thing you could say about Eli is he's been extremely durable. Last night, he tied, I think, for third for uh, consecutive games, 200 consecutive games, which is impressive. It's been durable. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if you want an example of what I mean with net nepotism in the NFL, first off, Clay Matthews had all the scouts to get to USC in the first place because of who his family is. And then if you look at that Sunday night game, they're going on about the key matchup is Clay Matthews versus Jake Matthews. And I'm sorry, but Jake Matthews, maybe he's a first-round left tackle on a great team, but he was a key factor in that choke with the goddamn holding call against Chris Long. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clay Matthews had had one or two good seasons. None than that, he's just a marketable guy. And uh, that's the thing with Eli Manning. He is a product of the nepotism in the NFL. Anyways, they put up... The whole point I'm trying to make with Ben McAdoo is Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl quarterback, puts up three points in a offense run by an offensive guru and Ben McAdoo against the Cowboys. Trevor Simeon, who is the jury still out on, puts up 42 points against yeah, the Cowboys. Sean Payton, who's on the hot seat, you know, just going on this stat, this stat with 20-point games, he at least put up 20 against the Patriots, Belichick. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, Belichick's always questionable uh, with his defense, even though he's a defensive guru. But put up 19 points against a Vikings defense, okay? Do you really see Ben McAdoo and the Giants the way they're playing right now putting up anywhere close to 19 points against the Vikings defense? No, probably not. No. Uh, i take a while to make my points. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's getting five. He's done. Those are the three I have right now. It's an ever-expanding list. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, what do you think? Enough NFL talk? An hour? Is that enough? I'm also smelling some tacos. Yeah, do you think uh, they're going to use Hugh Jackson as a scapegoat in Cleveland, though? No, because I think he knows what he signed up for there. They're doing a rebuild. He's not. He's fine. He's safe for the next couple of years. His timeline. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I got one. For I don't think Kaiser is like the guy there, and I don't think they view him as the guy there. Um, I think he, he, Hugh Jackson's going to last as long as he takes his franchise quarterback, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is Kaiser until for that guy to either be good or to bust. That's Hugh Jackson's timeline. He's not getting fired for the next two to three seasons. Yeah. While they build that team. Dude, they're basically doing the Philly thing. Like, I've never seen a team in the NFL take on a shitty contract in exchange for a draft pick in my life. As long no. as I've been following the league, I've never seen that before. Yeah, that so, like, redefined it. That's, that's like, their timeline is they're just going to get wicked young and just try to fill up their squad with some blue-chip young dudes. And I, Hugh Jackson's safe. Unless, you know, somebody really elite becomes available. Uh, so before we conclude our NFL talk and conclude the NFL coaching hot seat, I don't know, man. I mean, not to sound insensitive to those who have died from cancer, but cancer only buys you so much time. Oh, yeah, Pagano. Why don't you fucking not cut me off? Pagano's got to be on there. All right. You talk too slowly. And I understand Andrew Luck is uh, hasn't been there, but even when he has been there, I've been saying for a while Andrew Luck is just the new Philip Rivers serviceable quarterback with a lot of hype that's never going to win one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Pagano, I'm surprised he even came back this year. 
Yeah, I think Pagano is definitely probably in that hot seat. Uh, another one that I think is probably Bruce Arians. If that team is just a complete fucking shit show this year, like let's say they go three and thirteen this year, you know, hypothetically, they go five and eleven <laughs> with all that fucking money. Carson Palmer is one of the worst QBs in the league, and that's the division Arians, isn't yeah. that strong. The division yeah. is not as strong as it used to be. You got the Rams and the 49ers in that fucking division. What's the case against them if they do absolutely terrible this year? You know, even Seattle. Seattle's not good this year. Mm. Their offensive line is too, so it's too bad. You know, but um, one in Calais Campbell go was a big mistake as yeah. you can tell after week one. I mean, what were they thinking in the front office after he gets three and a half sacks in the first half week one? That must have been a very very quiet room. Yeah, uh, so they can give a bunch of money to Chandler Jones, who makes like ten big plays a year, and besides that, does fucking nothing. Yeah, he had another great sack action Sunday, a really impressive stack, but. We'll see. I mean, uh, I hate the Cardinals this year. I think they're going to be absolutely fucking terrible. And the thing is, too, is if you look at their schedule, like, they should be fucking good. They're playing, like, the easiest schedule in the league. But the second David Johnson went down, I was like, oh, they're done. They're done yeah, so. condolences to anyone in uh, fantasy football that you don't even have anything to root for anymore. Yeah, pretty rough for losing your first pick. But you know what? It happens every fucking year. A first down, first round guy goes down in the first two weeks. Well, not even that. Every uh, fucking year. The top three guy has gone down. Yeah, AP a couple of years ago. With Last the child year abuse. was what? Le'Veon missed a lot of time. Andy missed the playoffs, right? He was bad. No, no, he had a couple big weeks going into the playoffs. He pretty much won the championship last oh, year. No. He was dominant down the stretch, but he missed the beginning of the season with the um, suspension. You know that coming in. Who was it last year? Who am I thinking of? Whatever gives a shit. Yeah, fantasy football is for fucking nerds, you know? I mean, nothing pisses me off more than when I'm hanging out with people and they're like, click over to the red zone. I'm like, dude, I'm not... Football is not just about scoring touchdowns. It's a game of fucking field position. Put it this way. Football is everything that Jim Irsay does not understand about football, okay? It's not just flashy quarterback and wide receivers and you, you draft a guy like Dorsett, well, Malcolm Brown sitting on the board after yeah. he just got pounded in the AFC Championship game. And now we have both of them. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man. So, anyways, we're about an hour in, and uh, McGrath usually tells us when uh, we're wrapping up the podcast, but I'm taking over that shit. <laughs> That's going to conclude part one of the Mass Holes podcast, and make sure that you check into part two, because we're going to get into some of the shows from over the summer and some of the shows going into the fall, and we're going to get into some Carrie Irvin and Celtics talk, and we're going to teach you how to save a couple of bucks in a brand new segment. Ooh. All right. Check it back for part two.
So they don't get sore.